This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Allison Chains Wood. It is... What time is it? 8.53 already. 55 degrees in Kansas City, headed for almost 75, 76 degrees. Yeah. So it's going to be nice. Not as nice as probably the most thoughtful, sensitive empath is the word I always think of with this man. Born May 25th in Scarsdale, New York, he is a stand-up comedian and actor who appeared in such films as The Rat Pack and Get Shorty. But it is his intense style of stand-up that has earned him the nickname the pit bull of comedy. You can find his albums and specials, Raging Bully, Built for Destruction, and Born to be Bobby on numerous digital platforms. And now he's released a new book shining a light on some of his fellow stand-up legends, titled, A Small Book of Jewish Comedians. Please welcome, comedy great and longtime friend of the show, Bobby Slayton. Good morning, Mr. Slayton. Wow, it's about time. Not only do I skip <laughs> 20 minutes, you're still making me sit to that crappy music. Some things never change, do they? <laughs> who, who was that band? That was awful. Who was that? That was Allison Chains, for God's sake. Yeah, you know what? I, I forgot that you're listening. I know that, you know, I keep forgetting. I actually didn't forget. I, I, I try to forget. And I know you guys love heavy metal and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm more of a, a pure rock and roller. I'm more of the, you know, Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and even the Ramones, Elvis Costello. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about my book. Meanwhile, I hope your producer told you, you know, when you, he called me yesterday, I was supposed to say at my girlfriend's last night. I was really horny. Haven't seen her in a couple of days. And I blew her off for the lovely, Johnny Dare show. I love it's you. Fine. Fine. I know. I know um, you were promised fellatio as well. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to try to make a joke about. I blew her off, but I couldn't think of a joking story. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So we'll do that tonight. It's fine. It's fine. So yeah, listen. First of all, I guess what were you? You were walking around New York and you walked by a bookstore, and my book was in the bookstore. Was it in the window? Yeah, yeah. It was at Barnes and Noble, and it was on. A, it was on an end cap, and I went, "Holy ass, man!" I go, "Bobby's got his book out." And I, so I bought the book, brought it home with me, and uh, and I said, Jake, man, you got to get Bobby on the phone. I want to talk about his new book. Well, first of all, let me apologize for not sending you one. I sent one to Brother Weeze in Rochester, and I sent one to uh, um, uh, Paul Castronova in Florida, and then I ran out of books. You, you, as soon as I get my next shipment, I'm going to send you one, but now you got one. Maybe I'll just send you the money back, all right? You can buy no, yourself a new Allison Chase t-shirt or something. <laughs> 
I was just happy you know, to see it, man. interesting about the book. First of all, what's more interesting is that you actually found a bookstore walking around New York City because they're few and far between. I don't even find the bookstore. Right. Um, okay, first, first of all, I, technically, actually, it's not my book, even though they put me down as the author. The guy, there's a guy in England, Real Art Press, and they're magnificent. They do these magnificent, beautiful uh, coffee table books. They did a tremendous one on Queen. They did one on Led Zeppelin. I'm beautiful. And on, on movie posters, they did one on the Rat Pack. So they, in conjunction with some big gallery in Spain, they wanted to do a series of books that had to do with the Jewish culture. So he calls me up and he said, look, we're going to do a small book about Jewish comedians, I'd like you to write the introduction. I said, that's really nice. I'd like to write the introduction, but why don't you get somebody more famous? I mean, you know, ask Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, I'll do it. Yeah, ask Larry David. Um, and he said, well, I don't really know those guys. He knows me. We have mutual friends. He goes, I don't want to have to deal with them and their agents and managers. So I said, okay, I'll be happy to write the introduction to the book. I'm not doing anything else. I think it'll be fun. And then I look at the comedians that he has listed. Uh, he hadn't done all the research yet, but some of them weren't even Jewish. They weren't even close to being Jewish. I said, look, look, if my name is going to be somewhere on this book, it was supposed to be introduction by Bobby Slayton, but I helped the guy so much, he puts me down as the author, which nice. is fine. Nice. I'm not going to pay any money for the book. Oh, not but nice. It came out beautifully. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, what he wanted, the publisher, he wanted four jokes from every comic. Right. And so I was looking for these iconic comics. I don't know how much you know about the history of stand-up comedy, but, you know, between vaudeville and the Catskills and, and, and New York in the 60s sure. and 70s, you know, a lot of these comics didn't really have joke jokes, you know, like they were doing one Lewis, for example. Whether you love Jerry Lewis or hate Jerry Lewis, you can't take away the fact that he's one of the most important comedians, you know, not just Jewish, just period. But Jerry Lewis didn't really do jokes. So, you know, I'm, I'm going on the Internet. I'm looking for quotes by Jerry Lewis. I can't really find anything. So I have to sit through these old Merv Griffin shows and telethons and go, what am I doing this for? I'm not getting paid anybody. Why am I putting myself through this <laughs> aggravation? Um, but the book was only so big, so there were some people I had to leave out. But um, I do know that the publisher paid really good money for some of those photos. Uh, I know people who are comedy aficionados. They've never seen some of those pictures before because either the Getty never released them. It's a nice gift for somebody, you know. Yeah. Well, listen, that, that Lenny Bruce photo I've actually never seen before. I think that was a really rare one. It's funny you mention that because a friend of mine, Rick Scheidner, who's a great comedian, happens to be staying at my house, is working on a show uh, called 150 Years of Stand-Up Comedy from, from the beginning through vaudeville. And he, in a, he knows everything about comedy. He never saw that picture either. Um, so, you know, that's what the author did. He tried to get some really interesting pictures. And I said, look, let me help you find the jokes. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, guys like Rodney Dangerfield, who got two pages in the book, it's easier sure. to find jokes for him and Eddie Youngman. But there were these famous old comedians that just were storytellers. And I, yeah. you know, so I took it upon myself. I'm kind of semi-retired now. Besides working for Skechers, the best shoes in the world, hey, and doing their commercials. If I you only knew, if you only knew, huh? if you only knew the weird little thrill I get when I hear you anywhere in the world doing a Skechers ad on somebody else's radio, my radio, another radio station, this radio station, a television deal. I'm like, that's my friend Bobby Slayton. You have no idea this strangely vicarious thrill I get hearing you do Skechers commercials. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Yesterday, up at the 
Beverly Glen Center, right by my house, there's a little there's a little shopping center with a couple little restaurants and a Starbucks and a, and a, a juice bar. And I saw Paul Stanley up there. I run into him. He's up there every morning. He goes, hey, I heard your commercial. I heard your schedule's commercial. <laughs> How like, great is that? You know, you know, the guy that runs the company. You know, I, you know, I, I'm friends with some people that work for Skechers, and I did a commercial for them a long time ago, and they just never thought about using me because my voice is just uh, I don't know. But then they decided, hey, this is great because it, it, it. I don't. I don't think I ever told you this story. Okay, so the Pink Panther. You know the Pink Panther cartoon. The Pink Panther sure. never talked, right? Right. Okay. I don't know if I ever told this story on your show, but it's really funny. So years ago, when they came out with Roger Rabbit, it was uh, they really updated that kind of live action with the animated rabbit. Right. It, I mean, they had done it before in the movies in the old days, but it was the first time. It, it really it became uh, good quality. So. So the producers at MGM, who own the rights to the Pink Panther, wrote a pilot where everybody's live action. Terry Hatcher was in it, a guy named Charlie Schlatter. And the Pink Panther jumps off the movie screen and comes to life. They're going to have the Pink Panther talk for the first time. So, you know, my agent calls up the producers and goes, you know, Bobby Slayton's got a unique voice. And they said, Bobby Slayton's voice is the last voice we want for the Pink Panther. <laughs> because if you think about the Pink Panther, he was kind of like this David Niven, James Bond, Suave, Debonair, Peter O'Toole, you know, English gentleman. They, when you think, right. or, or French accent like Pepe Le Pew. So I guess they looked at every voice actor, every wannabe waiter actor, everybody from New York to L.A., and they couldn't find the voice of the Pink Panther. And they said, bring Bobby Slater one more time. We can't find the right voice. And my voice was so wrong for the Pink Panther, they used me for the pilot. <laughs> See, that's perfect. This is the last voice. But that's, I think, with sketches. Was, I don't know if they were thinking along the same lines, but all of a sudden, you know, commercials come on the radio. People, you know, that's when you, you, you change the station or you go somewhere else. So I like to think maybe my voice catches their attention a little. For yeah, it does, it does. And, and you're, it's how fast you read. Milton Berle himself at the Friars Club was busting your balls. The great Milton Berle because he was telling you, hey, kid, you talk too fast. Well, you know, I always had that problem. You know, look, part of it is when I started doing stand-up, and I, I wrote about it in the introduction, you know, the reason I got that name, the Pitbull of Comedy, and yet Vicious is because I used to open up for rock and roll bands in San Francisco. You know, you get paid like 25 or 50 bucks. We're going back to the 70s. And, you know, a lot of comedians didn't want to do it. No. You know, Robin Williams is just starting out. Robin did it. I think Kevin Pollack, for, you know, the Beach Boys or Santana. But, you know, you got these, these punk bands coming in and these... And I think I wrote about this in the introduction as well. You knew you weren't going to last up there. You know, they wanted you to do 20 minutes uh, to open up the show. And, you know, it was like riding the mechanical bull. You get on, you go, I'm not going to be able to stand very long, but I want to be long enough to win my $50. So I would do that all the time. So that's why I started talking fast. And then I would do radio shows, not like yours, but, you know, those horrible top 40 stations sure. where you've got to drive in traffic, you know, and they have you on for one break, and you're trying to get in a couple of jokes, you're trying to get in a plugging, the gig you're doing. And, and so it was all. And then, of course, the cocaine didn't help. Back <laughs> I think the coke also made me speak up. The coke and vodka, maybe. Maybe that has something to do with it as well. Look, you, um, you know, you, you, you always downplay um, your career. You, you do it too much because I got to tell you, like, when Don Rickles was, uh, was inducted, you know, who did they have do it? You. You were the one. Don, the great, the, maybe the greatest of all time, Don Rickles. Right. Well, they inducted him to the, the, the Comedy Hall of Fame up in Montreal. Now, it, it was an honor for me. Sure. It was very nice that I got to meet a lot of these old-time guys. And, you know, 
I, it was one of the, the, the pleasures of my career. Yeah, I'm semi-retired now. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here looking out my window. I'm looking. I'm actually looking at Johnny Ramone's old house right across the valley from nice. me. Nice. But you know, I have a really nice home. I got a swimming pool. I didn't make Jerry Seinfeld money. I can't tell you the last time I was on a private jet. But you know what? I went out there and I did what I was supposed to do, and it's it's great. You know, but would I like to be playing Carnegie Hall now, like Lewis Black? Yes. Would I like to be playing the old Stanford and Sons? God, thank God, never again. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's gone. I know all the boys are gone. But I know. Those were some nightmare shows. Um, oh, yeah. But, they, oh, I, but I would never have met you without that. And, and I, I, I'll tell you, I still go to your website, and, uh, and I look at the website. I remember looking the first time I looked through all the pictures of everybody that you had your picture made with. And it's just, it is amazing to me the amount of rock and roll, the legends that you have touched. And these were not like... You know, publicity photos. This is real candid. You were all hanging. You're all friends. I, you know, one of the last times I talked to you, you had the guys from the MC5 stayed at your house. I, 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 the dictators. The dictators. Sorry. And uh, did I ever no, tell you that I, I, I no, finally got to meet Manitoba was actually supposed to stay at the lead singer's house from the MC5. That's right. That's what it was. So he asked if he could stay at my house. See, the whole band was staying here. Um, I met um, handsome. I met Dick. Dick Manitoba, who became a good friend. He said to me, you know, he doesn't like staying at people's houses, so he wanted to help me, me to help him find a. Uh, the rest of the band stayed here. I stayed over at my girlfriend's house. They all stayed here. And uh, when he finally came over to my house, he said, "Well, if I knew your house was this nice, I would have stayed here." <laughs> Slay, we call it, you know. Um, um, yeah. But I live here by myself now. You, I, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry about the dog. You know? I know. I thank you. Um, I know. I know it's been a year already. But like, do you get a new dog yet? No, not yet. I'll, I'll meet the right guy. Of all things, I found a goddamn cat in a dumpster. His name is Oscar because of that trash can, Oscar. And uh, he uh, he's pretty magical. He's a little pound and a half, malnourished, dehydrated. Thought he wouldn't make it through the night. And uh, the little little rock and roller, he sees something else. He's just this super over the top black cat who pretty much is a dog. So you found him in a dumpster. Yeah, he was he was mewing and just and my my girlfriend. We we're eating outside at a restaurant. She goes, "Do you hear that?" I go, "I don't." And she just goes head first, jumps in the dumpster, comes out with this little fella, and there he was. I mean, you know, they they That's find us. My girlfriend, she was in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I knew her back to life. She's very thankful. Dude, I sat with Dick Manitoba at his place before we closed it a couple of years ago, and I didn't think right. to name drop you because I wish I'd have told him that you and I were friends. Because he couldn't have been greater. He, he walked us through every photograph on the wall, every moment, like they were original photographs, walked over to yeah. the register, took out a plastic bag, took the money out the cash, put it in the plastic bag, shoved in his hoodie, and took off down Avenue A. Yeah, it's a shame he had to close that bar. Yeah. You know, it's a really cool neighborhood in Alphabet City, which used to be, you know, Needle Park. And yeah. they really gentrified it and cleaned it up. It's one of the nice things they did in New York. You know, the rest of New York, I didn't want to talk about it. You know, you walk around that city now, Bloomberg. And you know what? It, I, I don't know if I'll ever go back between COVID and the fact that all the soul has been sucked out of that city. Um, but, you know, I guess that's like everywhere. You know, you go downtown Kansas City, it's the same thing. You used to have a cool old Italian restaurant. All these places are gone. But, you know, you can't really live in the past. But that's, that's right. why it was a pleasure working on this book because, um, you know, I get to put comics in there that a lot of people don't even know, you know. Uh, I'm sure you looked at the book. And so I of course, I read it cover to cover. Huh? I read it cover to cover. 
You know, I chose the best jokes I could. You know, I had to pick some comics from my generation. So, of course, you know, Seinfeld was in there. Rita Rudner was in there. Um, You know, Brad Garrett was in there. Louis Black was in there. But, you know, I I forgot, to be honest with you, the one guy I should have put in there, and I, you know what, I looked and I just told this out, was Robert Schimmel. Remember Schimmel? Oh, sure. No, Robert, I'll tell you, I can tell you where I was when the text came that he had been killed in a car accident, and, and I had become... We, we talked a lot off the air, a, a lot, and, and I really fell in love with Schimmel. Like, who he was as a human being, like, I, I was genuinely broken. I'd lost a friend when he passed. Yeah, no, he was great. I remember where I was, too. It's funny, like the Kennedy assassination. I remember, remember yeah. where I was. But, yeah, when Schimmel, you know, he had a tough, uh, hard-scrabble kind of life. And, yes. You know, son dying and walking, everything. He had a tough time, you know. Oh, and his mom and, and dad. And like that. But, you know, I miss Andrew Dice Clay, even though I'm not a giant fan. You know, he's an important comedian. But, like I said, I couldn't get everybody in the book. I, I didn't know this about books, but it's, just, you know, it's just called a small book of Jewish comedians. So they only have so much room in the book without adding a whole other... Uh, making the book a bigger size, and it would have cost a fortune. But you know what the shame is? The, the publisher said to me, you know, there's a story here called Book Soup, where everybody goes, it's a small, independent, one of the last beautiful, long-time, historic, independent bookstores. And he said to me, would you like to go to Book Soup and do a book signing? I would love that. And I said, first of all, no, it's not really my book. And second of all, here's why I don't want to do a book signing. Five people show up, it's an embarrassment. A thousand people show up, you've got to talk to all these idiots. What's your name? What's your name? <laughs> Oh, now you have to tell me a story. Next! Yeah, no, I, 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 I got that book. Uh, but they did offer to fly me and my girlfriend to Barcelona, where the uh, gallery is, who nice. uh, financed the publishing of the book. They said, well, what if we fly to Barcelona? Yes. We have a big gallery showing. You sign a couple of books. We'll fly you and your girlfriend to first class. We'll put you up for a week. And I'll go to Barcelona. And then you want to know something, Johnny? With, with all this Kobe crap and wearing a mask, I went to Vegas two weeks ago to open a show for Gilbert Gottfried to see if I could still do it, because I really haven't performed. You can do it. So it was fine. It went great. Me and Gilbert had a great time, who's in the book, by the way, of course. Yes, yes. Um, But even being on a plane for an hour, you know, my head was throbbing. I I was getting claustrophobic. I don't know how people, you know, my next-door neighbor, he flies cross-country every couple of weeks for business. How do you you wear this mask on? I know people do it. It's really, really You know, I just went to New York for the parade. And I was just in New York last week for the parade, and uh, it's just something my girlfriend and I do. And uh, yeah, it's it's not fun, but I, I'm so tired of being stuck in. It's just I just do it. You know what I mean? Like if you had to, if I had to wear a goddamn bear trap on my balls, I'd do it. I just I want to go see stuff now. And you know, it, it's 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 important to me. It, it really is. Yeah, like well, that's good. It's good that people are out like you doing that. I you know what I think it is. I spent so many years on the road. That's right. Packing and unpacking, packing and unpacking, and then I started having you know a little overnight bag with a, a toothbrush, so I would dump this you know the, the dump the laundry, have fresh clothes. Go. So I was on the road all the time. Yeah. I loved being home. Yeah, you know, of course. I'm going out for a little Italian lunch this morning. Then I'm going to go. Go to the Skechers store, actually get myself some Skechers. You know, I like being home. I don't want to get on a plane anymore. I, I, I think I have something like 7 million miles, and those aren't credit card miles. Those were 7 million miles, you know, in the course of 20-something years. Hey, I just don't want to do it anymore. You know what? You listen, know what I mean? and yeah, of course I do. Listen, I, I can romanticize traveling by plane around the country because I didn't have to do it for decades, you know, you know, performing. It, right. it's, it's easy for me. I, I'm doing it once in a while. But I would love for you to get on a plane and come to St. Louis for the Haunt Show convention that happens in March 
because I know you like horror stuff, and it's literally, it's the professional haunters for all those haunted houses, so it's stuff from like 60 bucks to $60,000 stuff in a giant place. It's, it's a humongous uh, convention center. It's not open to the public. I can get you tickets for sure, and it's it's incredible. Like, if you, you know, you love horror stuff. It is everything. Uh, by the way, thank you again. You know, I framed those beautiful universal. I forgot the name of the artist. That guy is so great. Those universal monster caricatures. Yeah, the lithographs. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I'd have, have to look it up too now. Uh, but I'm glad you did, because I, I saw those and I thought, dude, those are classic. Those are Slayton, uh, and I had them, and I thought, man, he would love these more than I do. I love them with a passion. I still don't have them up yet because I have to figure out what I'm taking down. There's not a wall in my house. There's, wait, but anyway, before I go, tell me, tell me about the, that convention again in St. Louis. What is that? Yeah, it's called the Trans World. I know it sounds weird. Trans World Haunt Show, and it's for the professional haunted houses all over America. So guys fly in all over, and then all these manufacturers, the big ones and the big corporations, but also the little cottage industry guys who make haunted things for these haunted houses. So animatronics. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's every possible horror genre, and, uh, and for the walls, for your, I, I have my house is filled with stuff from this, uh, like like Ghost you know, Ride Productions. It, it, well, it's interesting you mention that because there's a guy named Richard Carell. If you watched Leave It to Beaver as a kid, he played Richie. He played Beaver's best friend on Leave It to Beaver. So when they were shooting at Universal Studios back in the 60s, he said stuff was being thrown out. He found a Boris Karloff, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mask oh. from the 40s in a trash can. Oh. So he started asking people, prop masters and costume people, for stuff. And he found out, you know, a lot of stuff went to auction. And a lot of stuff was held on by... There weren't as many collectors back then, but he started amassing this collection of stuff. And as he got older, he started producing and writing Happy Days and all these shows. So he would buy an auction or he would be gifted. I mean, you know, these monster heads from Jurassic Park, Freddy Krueger's sweater. And he has a beautiful display now in Hollywood. And I can't believe I talked to my girlfriend to go, but they're actually opening. He wants to do it like a Rocco Hall of Fame. Great. A horror Hall of Fame. But uh, if you ever come out to L.A., his I'll collection is astounding what oh, he has. Oh, I get a video from, from uh, Bobby, and he's at Tom Savini's house going through his basement. I love basement. Tom Savini. I've oh. been to his house. I, I, if you're a horror fan, I have a video. You know what? I'll, I'll send you the video. It's a, it's a one-minute video um, that I just from that one room he has with the, filled with the masks. Yeah. You know? It's incredible. It's I'll, I'll send it to you when we get off the phone. Well, you, find it. But you've seen his that, mask, I, right? You've seen the mask. Because I ordered one from Tom and I had him sign it. It's, it's, a, it's the hockey, the Jason hockey mask. And, uh, and, and so, but you can wear it on a plane, but he's got a hard one and it's got a mask inside it, but it's, so it's half of the hockey mask and Savini made those from the horror film that you can wear on the airplane. So the, there's that thing. I, I, lo I love Tom. He's got a beautiful body of, of work. He's a, you know, no. I, I remember meeting him at, uh, at the airport many years ago and we hit it off and we started talking about famous monsters of film land, one of the greatest magazines ever. Um, you know, yeah. but anyway, yes. so that, that's it. And, uh, I love you. Um, I appreciate you plugging the book, even though I don't make a cent off the book. I'm not making any money off it, but I got a bunch of them to send to friends. So oh, look, what the hell? I was I was proud for you. I saw your name and I was like, hey, oh, but look, Bobby, I showed it to my girlfriend. Just in, you know, your ears must have been burning because I was uh, I was just super excited to see that man. And I'm, you know, brother, I love you. I, I I wish you'd go back on a tour. I wish I could watch you perform again. Yeah, well, I think I'm done for a while. But if you ever get your butt out to L.A., make sure you call me. We'll go hang. Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, I'm going to put you on with you. The museum should be open by then, so we have to go to that. Oh, oh I, I absolutely. You listen, when it opens, I will fly out. Uh, this is, you know me. I, I got nothing to hold me back. I'll go. I'm in. All right. I love you, man. You take care of yourself, Bobby. 
One of the greats. You just reminded me of the. Uh, God, I get excited talking to that dude. I just do, just because he's something. He's, he's in he's, a great way. Yeah, he's part of the real this thing I missed mm-hmm. in my life, like that Vegas Frank Sinatra. You know, he did the Rat Pack movie. If any of you have seen that Rat Pack movie with uh, Ray Liotta, he was Joy Bishop. He's uh, he's just done a lot, and he's been friends with a lot of people. And he's a survivor, and he's funny, and he gets mad, and he's he's, he's a. For a moment, I, I always used to think he was a bit self-destructive because they'd tell him not to do something on stage and he couldn't not do it then. Oh. Like, he just, he couldn't, he is incapable of not punching upward. Like, if someone thinks they're above him mm-hmm. and they're going to tell him what to do, like, his head comes off. Three, two, one. Gablam! <laughs> like, it's just, he's on fire. Mm-hmm. And, and for whatever reason, I have a deep admiration for that kind of a human. Well, and like, he even said it, like, he doesn't have the level of success of, like, a Seinfeld or, or Larry David or whatever. But everything he's been in, he's been great. I mean, Get Shorty, yeah, Dickie Roberts. Uh, he was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, everything he's done, he's pretty fantastic. Well, one of the Lenny Bruce stuff, you know, Lenny got went to jail a lot of times. And, you know, he was the, the free speech poster boy. Mm-hmm. And I, and Lenny Bruce, who's of course Jewish, he's, people ask me, why'd you kill Christ? I don't know. It was one of those parties that got out of hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> and of course, I can never deliver it like Lenny Bruce. Right. Would, but I just read it and I chuckle to myself that it's in there because I'm just, it's just so offensive to so many people, but so genuinely funny. Uh, and, and again, I just, uh, I just think Bobby Slayton's one of my favorite people in the whole well, world. Well, Bobby's man. one of those dudes because it's so outlaw, too. Like, yeah. It's so right at the cutting edge of it. Yeah, Always, man. Go uh, uh, pick up the book. Even even if you don't make any money, it's cool. He he does the open for it. Uh, small book of Jewish comedians. And then, uh, uh, and you know, by the way, who he is. If, you're, if you missed all his comedy, look it up. Trust me. Uh, but, of course, you hear him like... I love you know, my family. They're funny, sweet, smart. I love this. This is this. I this. holiday shopping for them. But ho, 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 not anymore. Because I discovered the perfect holiday gift for my entire family. Skechers. Skechers have affordable, comfortable shoes that will make checking off your gift list easy as pumpkin pie. Yeah, so it goes on. But So, Jake, let me tell you a little story. I'll have to dig it up and show it to you. Uh, I, 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 I'm sure I have it at home. When artists would come in and comedians, we'd have them do a one sheet quickly. Jake would go do a quick green show, green room interview mm-hmm. and say, hey, what do you want to push? Like, here, what are some lead-ins? If you have any new jokes, anything you want to talk about, yeah. bullet points. And then hand you them to me. You. you know, Yeah, it doesn't have to be comedy. Anything you want to talk about, somewhere you've went recently. Right. So it could Sometimes be it's completely never. It's Most of the time it's never used. But if it gets used, it gets used. Mm-hmm. So, And then I would have, <laughs> this was so offensive, occasionally I would have, People signed them, and I would take them P- home. People have done great ones. Saget. Like, there's been a lot of people who've done great ones. He did the most offensive one I've ever heard him. I've ever read in my life. There was, you'd be so canceled. Think of the most offensive, unacceptable phrasing that you could possibly put down on paper. Five bullet points. And because he re- he was so uh, uh, rebellious against, and, and just, he was, there's, he's like, I'm not going to tell you what to tell me to talk. Like, like yeah. his whole idea of a lead-in was so fraudulent, the idea. And I'm like, no, Bobby, that's not why Jake was doing Like, he comes in, and he had written five of the most horrible phrases and every I've ever seen written down in my life. Every one of them you would read and go, oh, God, it can't get worse than that. And it, <laughs> it actually billed. Nothing was spared. When I tell you there's nothing that was spared in a short five bullet, I was like, just sign this, Bobby. Sign this for me. I'm going to take it home, put it in my closet. I want that. I want that forever. It was so offensive. Like, I will tell you, like, it, it wouldn't matter 
what I tried to do to get you ready for it, if I were to repeat mm-hmm. it or read it to you, we'd be off the air. Bobby would be like, everybody's, everyone's fired. Oh, especially, and, especially now. But then it was the height of his day. And like it made was... me laugh so hard. And it was, because I know he doesn't, that's not his. Right. Yeah. He, that was just his way of letting me know, hey, man, don't ask the kid to come in and, and, and give me the prep. Well, because yeah. that's what he said when he came to yeah. my room. He goes, did you get your topics, kid? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Google him yourself, Bobby Slayton, man, the pit bull of comedy. If you can get anything, uh, buy anything, trust me on that one. It's really great. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.